Well, you know, it's cold one day and warm the next day. How many of y'all found that out? <laughs> you know, you, you put on a long sleeve and you, need, and you need a short sleeve. You put on a short, short sleeve and you need a long sleeve. But that's springtime in Oklahoma. <laughs> I, uh, when I was in junior high school, I wanted, I, I wanted to either be a geologist, a meteorologist, or a race car driver. And I didn't do, I didn't do any of them, <laughs> but I did study a lot. In fact, my, my science teacher in the eighth grade got me hooked on weather cause she was, that's what she liked. And you know, usually a teacher, a science teacher like that, what they like, that's what they teach about. So we learned a lot about the weather. And I found out that the reason that we have the seasons we have is because if the cold air coming down from the north is stronger than the warm air coming up from the Gulf of Mexico, it pushes it south of us. If it's stronger, it pushes the cold air back up north of us. And so we're right on that dividing line. And that's why we have so many roller coaster days. <laughs> Tonight, you know, on Wednesday night, I like to just talk to you and about things that you help you both in the spiritual and the natural because God wants us to have a great natural life as well as a spiritual life. And I have found out that the same principles that you use to have a great spiritual life can be used to have a great natural life. And so I'm going to talk tonight, choose to rejoice. I believe that to rejoice is the choice that we make. Now, I'm not so naive that I didn't realize that we all have problems, but that's not a reason not to rejoice. As you read the Bible and you see that God's people had all kinds of problems, but they rejoiced. Let's go to Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3. 17, the prophet is writing here. I'll give you all a chance to turn there. I'm going to read from the new King James on this one. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labor of the olive olive may fail and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the foal and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me to walk on high heels. Now we know that God doesn't bring the problems. The devil does. He come to steal, kill and destroy But uh, we all experience different things. We experience problems. We experience times of sorrow. We experience all kinds of situations and circumstances. But that does not give us a cause not to rejoice. As we just read what the prophet was saying there, 
I mean, he was talking about the, no food and no, no flocks, all of that. But yet he said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. It seems to me like he made a decision or a choice to rejoice. You know, his circumstances weren't all that good, evidently. Evidently, they were pretty bad from what he said. But that was no cause not to rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes we have to look to God to find a reason to rejoice. Our joy is found in the promises of God's word. Now, let's look at Israel for a moment. They were in exile. Zion or Jerusalem, it laid in complete, utter waste. Look at Isaiah 51, Isaiah 51, 2. Isaiah 51, 2. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her, her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and in the voice of melody. Now, let me read that from the NLT. It reads a little more like we would talk. Yes, think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah, who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The Lord will comfort Israel again and have pity on her ruins. Her desert will blossom like Eden, her barren wilderness like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found there. Songs of thanksgiving will fill the air. Now here, God is reminding Israel that they're not left out. You see, they were in captivity. They had been in captivity, but around 70 years, the total of it, Judah and Israel had been laying barren for all of those times. And that's what, that's what the prophet's talking about here. But the Lord says that he will turn those ruins into a blessing. He will turn the desert place, the wilderness, into beauty. He is reminding them, he is the one that raised them up. He is the one that created them. And he is the one that can bless them. He's saying to them, the same God that brought forth a miraculous beginning, and it was because it was a miraculous birth of Isaac, that God could bring back all that had been ruined there 
with a miracle restoration. And you know, I did a series, oh, what, a year or two ago or three? I don't know, it goes so fast. And I, God is the God of restoration and he's a turnaround specialist, I said. See, not only was he going to bring them back to their land, he was going to restore it like it was supposed to be. Now, we need to understand something when you're, when you're studying in types and shadows, and I studied all that. Zion is a type of the church. So we can see from this picture what God wants to do in the lives of us that are his church today. Now we have the local churches, but I'm talking about the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the ecclesia, the called out ones. So many times, many people, they, when they, they, they use the word church, they, they use it. Yeah, this is our church, but we are just, we are just a part of the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so many times in our, in our language, we have, we don't have like a lot of languages, different languages. In fact, Greek has different, different, uh, meanings, different words for the word love. We got love. We love candy bars and we love houses and we love cars and, and we love our wife. We love our kids, you know, and another place in the Bible we need to understand is that when it talks about this, that we were dead in our trespasses of sin. Well, we weren't dead. We were alive, breathing. It means we were dead spiritually. So when you see that word dead or death in the Bible, you got to understand from the context what it's talking about. That's just a, uh, that's just a little side thought. Y'all all know that I, do, I go off on those side thoughts all the time, but I learned it from a fellow that I'm named after. <laughs> He would do that. <laughs> you know, so the same God that m- provided the miraculous beginning for his people is also the same one that will provide for us if we will believe and trust him and rejoice not because we're in our trouble, not because we are having trouble, but rejoice because we know that he is going to bring us out. That's why we choose to rejoice. We're not rejoicing because of all the junk that's happening. We're rejoicing because we know that we're coming out on the other side. And that's where our rejoicing comes from. See, we put our trust in him. You know, I don't think that the God of Israel, which was his people, will do any less for the people of his, his people today. We are, if you want to get into the technology, technology of, of theology, we are what they call the spiritual descendants of Abraham. We're not the physical sinners we're, because in the, in, you got to read Galatians 3, chapter 3, and it explains that very, very well, Paul does. Now, as we begin to look at all this, we have no reason not to rejoice. 
Even if you don't have one blessing at all, but I know you got a bunch, uh, you have a reason to rejoice because you have been born again. You have been saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a reason to rejoice. If there's no, uh, if you have no other reason, that's, that's the reason, the main reason to rejoice, that we can rejoice. We're not who we used to be. Hello. We're changed. And we rejoice. Now, as we look into all of this and begin to talk about rejoicing, let's look at what Jesus said to his disciples in John 16. John 16, 24. I'm going to read, I'm going to read from the NKJV, New King James Version, also from the message. Okay. I'll pause long enough for, I see some of you got your actual Bible. Some of you got your device. Some of you got both of them there. I had, I, left, I turned my phone off, left it down there. But uh, if I had my phone up here, I could go to this verse on my phone and I got, I don't know how many different translations that I can go to. That's one thing I like about that. But there, there's something that I like about just picking up the Bible and reading it too. But I like to read from my device because I can go read that and then I can go look at different translations. And as you look at different translations, you get a broader scope of the meaning because the actually New Testament Greek that the New Testament was written under is an archaic language. It does not exist. Now Greek exists, but it's not the same. Now, it may have some of the same, but it is not the exact same. Okay, let's read John. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that what may, what may be full? Joy. What? Joy. Joy. Isn't that a part of rejoicing? Now the message says, ask in my name according to my will. I like that part because some people asking for stuff out here. You know, James, if you read him, he said, you ask amiss. You know, one guy told him, my dad came up to my dad. uh, (laughs) We was out somewhere on where we was. And he said, well, you know, you've been teaching on that. I'm going to ask the Lord for a hundred oil wells. And my dad looked at him and said, you're not going to get them. And he said, why? And he said, because you're doing what James talks about. You're asking amiss simply for your own pleasure. Hello now. (laughs) Oh, that went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? (laughs) But it's the truth anyway. I believe that many people don't live at the level of joy and rejoicing in their life that they could because they don't bring everything 
to the Lord in prayer. They, they, they try to take care of, of everything themselves. You know, I think, I don't know, I, I heard it sometime years and years ago, something about I can do this job all by myself or something like that. And that's the way we do sometimes. We think, well, and we go and we try to take care of it and we try to come up with it, an idea. And then finally, when we get to the point that we've exasperated everything that we can do, we finally go and ask God about it. When if we'd asked God about it in the first place, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now. Oh, come on now. That's good preaching. You know, he says here, that, you, that your joy, well, let's go back and read it again. Ask in my name according to my will, and he most, most certainly will give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. Now, wait a minute. Have you ever seen a river overflowing its banks? Anybody ever seen the Arkansas River overflow its banks? I did. In fact, me and some people went down there and it, it was over and it was coming up in those houses and there was an elderly lady and several of this is years ago. We went there and we lifted all her furniture up and put blocks and stuff under it. I don't know, Craig, you might, you might remember that because you were a teenager at that time. And, you know, and... Down there in Texas where I grew up, man, uh, you, I, I've seen those creeks overflow and go out into the pasture and, and you got to wait before you can go out in the pasture or you're going to get stuck in that black land in north central Texas. When it get, when, if you stick with that black land down there in north central Texas, this is the saying, it'll, if you'll stick with it when it's dry, it'll stick to you when it's wet. And it will too. That old that black gumbo down there but it does grow good cotton down there they do in that part now that's just one part of texas for you that don't know nothing about texas texas has seven different climate regions we got seven different regions in the in the state of texas so yeah i'm a texan and you have to learn all that i mean you take texas history in junior high school and then you take it again your junior year in high in high school and if you don't pass that you don't graduate I got any Texans in here? Oh, yeah. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, they're waving their hands at me. <laughs> you know, people don't live at the, their, the joy level that they should because they're not doing everything the Bible says to do. Now, how many of you, you know, maybe your parents and... Uh, you as a kid, you asked your parents, maybe your parents now and your kids have asked you for, you know, for Christmas gifts. And so you, you, you get them and how, how much joy there was whenever, how much uh, joy you had when you saw the joy that they had from receiving that, those gifts. And then sometimes parents go through difficult times and they're not able to give everything that the kids ask for. They do their best, but let me tell you something. I want to tell you something. Listen close. 
God never has difficult times. He is never unable to give you what you ask for in line with the word of God. Okay. You know, A.T. Robinson in his uh, word pictures of the New Testament, he was a minister that lived from 1863 to 1934. He said, God is with us in whatever befalls us. It is God's will that we find joy in prayer in Christ Jesus in every condition of life. That's a good statement. It's a really good statement. God wants to work in our lives mightily. He wants us to have joy as we live our life. And part of having joy is choosing to rejoice. We have every reason to rejoice. If you've studied this word, you have every reason to rejoice. This word tells us that he gives us protection, that he gives, supplies all of our needs, that he gives us, that he has healed us. Hey, we should be rejoicing. Hallelujah. You know, you, you get a job when you've been needing one. Hey, you rejoice. I got a job. Hello. I graduated from high school in 1958, May of 1958. And there was sort of a recession on and you couldn't, find uh, jobs. And I finally, I finally got on, I I was driving down, I believe it's Kingsley and they were putting in a new bridge and they had a sign out there said there's hiring. And so I stopped and asked the guy, I'm 18. I asked the guy, I said, yeah, he said, well, so I got hired and they put me on a jackhammer. Anybody ever used a jackhammer? <laughs> it's something else. Well, it was about a it was about 110 or 12 degrees, and so we broke for lunch. And I went home because I I didn't have anything with me when I went there because I just was driving and I saw they needed help. He put me to work immediately, <clears throat> and so I went to the house. Mom was there. And I, the air conditioner's on, and I open. I'm out, I've been in 112 degree temperature. My shirt is, uh, well, I'd take my shirt off to have the t-shirt on. It's soaking wet. In fact, my my Levi's were wet down to here from the from my perspiration. And you guys know what I'm talking about. When I opened that door and stepped in that air conditioning room, I, that that cold air hit me, and I I went flat on my face. <laughs> I guess. And so I, I finally got back around and finally got and went, but I'd lost my job because, uh, <laughs> I was rejoicing and now I'm down, <laughs> but I got to rejoice because I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, when we don't, when we have a reason to rejoice, we rejoice. When we don't have a reason to rejoice, we rejoice. 
they tell me, I was talking to some people back then, I talked to some medical people, and they said, man, you better be glad you're still alive. I said, that, that, you could have had a, a heart attack from those from being hot and wet, and wet. I don't know at all. I ain't, I'm not even going to go back there. I shouldn't even brought that up anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to say I was rejoicing for it when I got a job, but even though I didn't have one because I couldn't get back to it, I still was rejoicing. That's what I was trying to get across. Now, look at, let's go here. If we're going to talk about rejoice. We got to go to Philippians 4 with the Apostle Paul. Philippians 4. 4, 4. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. The voice message says, Most of all, friends, always rejoice in the Lord. I never retire of saying it. Rejoice. The message says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. The J.B. Phillips New Testament translation says, delight yourself in God. Yes, find your joy in him at all times. And I want to tell you what, when you study where Paul was, when he wrote that, he didn't, he, he didn't have any reason in the natural to be rejoicing. He was in prison, really a dungeon. And he said, when he wrote this to the Philippians, he was facing a death sentence. And yet he said, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, always rejoice. You know, Paul is saying to the Philippians, no matter where, what, what condition you're in, I'm telling you, rejoice. Now, one of the things that he was saying this to them was because at that time, the Philippian Christians were facing a lot of persecution and a lot of things that was going on. And he wanted to encourage them to continue to rejoice. And I believe, now this is me thinking now, this is me thinking, but He's in prison, and if he says rejoice, and again I say rejoice, and they, they you know, looking back, they say, well, he's in prison rejoicing. Surely we can rejoice out here. Hello. You see what I'm saying? You see, I think joy is probably one of the greatest characteristics of the Christian, and the world doesn't understand it. You know, the reason it is is because our joy is independent of anything on earth. The source of our joy is Christ Jesus. Joy in our lives should have nothing to do with our material area are our circumstances or situations, but we can have joy because we know, we've read the end of the book and we know what the answer is. 
Now, when I was going to school, I don't know what it is today. I don't know what they do in school today. But in our, we had a math book. And over, you could go, anybody remember this? Maybe in the back of the book, you could find the, you could find the answers to all the problems. Anybody remember that? Yeah. Well, if you just went to check to see if you got the right answer and were working the problem out, good. But if you just went back there and found it and wrote it down and then they asked you in the classroom to get to solve the problem, you don't know how to solve it because you just went and got the answer. But when you go into God's word and you've got the answer from God's word, you can rejoice because you know nobody can take it away from you. It's mine. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Now, another place it says, (coughs) the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, in looking around, I've seen some of the most unhappiest people in the world were living in the lap of luxury. And some of the most joyful people didn't have hardly enough to get by. I've also seen people that had the life of ease and they were some of the gloomiest and grumpiest and discontented people you ever seen. And yet somebody that had an affliction was full of joy. You know why? Because it's a choice. It's a choice. I'm not saying you should be in poverty and have affliction. No, that's not at all. All I'm saying is that having joy has nothing to do with your circumstances or your material possessions at all, whatsoever. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord when everything's going good. No, when everything's going bad, yes, both places you rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. That means in whatever condition or whatever thing, wherever you're at, you're still rejoicing in the Lord. Some people say, well, you need to be realistic. It's not possible for everybody to be joyful all the time. Well, We may not feel emotionally joyful, but because of Christ and what we have in Christ, we can be joyful and we can rejoice. The fact is that too many people allow their happiness, their joy, their rejoicing is by their circumstances, their situations, their emotion. They feel good, so they rejoice. They feel bad. See, we can rejoice always because of God's promises. Hello. You ever met a person one time? Oh, man. I'm talking about a Christian. I ain't talking about just anybody. I'm talking about a Christian. Oh, man. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. You see them a couple of days later, you had to help them through the door. They were so sad. 
we got to remember that in Christ, we rejoice all the time. Christ hadn't changed, we can rejoice. What Christ did for us in Calvary hasn't changed, we can rejoice. What the word of God says hasn't changed, we can rejoice. The promises of God have not changed, we can rejoice. The spirit of God still lives inside of us, we can rejoice. Material things can only bring happiness for a short time and rejoicing. But God can bring eternal joy all the time. Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. I like to say it this way. I will rejoice. And again I will rejoice. And if you say something about it, I'll rejoice even more. Everybody stand up. Anybody get anything out of this tonight? I just tried to encourage you a little bit about the fact that we need to rejoice in the Lord at all times in all situations and everything. Heavenly Father, help us to realize that our life is not dependent on anything except you and your word. And we can rejoice because we have that and we know what you said in your word. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. It's 758 So I'm two minutes early. So if I go over two minutes the next time, see, I I, I always credit that. Then that way, if I I go over, I've got credit, so it it don't count. No, I try to always be right on as close as I can to hour of power. You know where I got that from? A bunch of us, freshman in Bible college was sitting around talking about services and about Wednesday nights and how that, and even way back then, you're talking about, you're talking about I started Bible school not September 1958 so this would have been either, either, either been in the fall or been the spring of 59, I don't know which but we was talking about it and they said you know I don't, when I, when I get out of here and get to pastoring, we're all talking. I mean, we're 18 year old kids talking. We're going, we're studying to go into ministry. I'm not going to have Wednesday night because nobody comes. And, 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 and I don't know, I don't know why I said this, but I said, if I ever pastor, I'm going to have Wednesday night hour of power. And when I started this church in 1985, I started Wednesday night hour of power. I sure did. That's why we have hour of power, and I try to make it an hour filled with, with, with the power. Hallelujah. If you were a first-time guest with us tonight, we are so glad to have you. Our connection team is going to take you to the lobby right now where you can receive a special gift from us. If you're looking for a church home like Tad had to say, hey, welcome home, just come on, join us. Join the Raymond family. We have a great time around here serving God together. If you're in this place tonight and you happen to be not born again or you know what it is to be with God, but you've got it off road and you've taken a detour and you need to rededicate your life. Or if you're here tonight and you know you're born of the Spirit, but you've never been filled with the Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2 and verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. 
ladies are here. The men are over here. As we're dismissed, if you'll come down here, they'll pray with you and you won't leave here like you come. If you need prayer for any reason, for anything, the prayer people are here to pray with you right now. So as we're dismissed, you come down here and they'll pray with you. And like I said, you, they, you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Turn around and shake hands with somebody and say, I'm going to rejoice no matter what happens. How about you? God bless you. We'll see you Sunday right here. Don't forget all the announcements.